where it started. Hello, this is Paul. This is Laura. I'm Dave. And I'm Alton. We are Team Derringer. Where we take you, the listener, on an adventure. A music adventure. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Listeners, Graham Trust is with us today. Graham is a rock and roll musician out of Liverpool, United Kingdom, and we've invited him on so we can interview him about his music. We've also invited him to be an honorary Derringer. I've dreamt about this moment since I was a little boy in the workhouse. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. I can't believe it's finally arrived. And I presume I, I, I'm invited to Derringer Towers? That's correct. You are invited to Derringer Towers. And you get all the bumper stickers that you could use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, yes. Yeah, so Graham, I am curious. You're a veteran of music. I'm 112 years old next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're young-looking 112. Well, you're very kind. When did you get started in music? I know that Paul and I started playing very early on, so I'm curious when you started playing and how your music has progressed. I first picked up a musical instrument when I was uh, 18, and it was at the time of, in, in Britain anyway, it was the time when punk rock and new wave was at its height, and I found that I could actually play rather tentatively some of the songs that I loved by the heroes that I, I worshipped, you know, like... Um, well, there was all sorts of obscure punk bands that I, I loved because we had this guy called John Peel on BBC Radio 2. Hello there, I'm John Peel and this is uh, 10 of the best. Yeah, John Peel. Legend in Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolute legend. Um, so that's how I uh, started. And there was a couple of lads at, at school. I went to Quarry Bank, which was um, John Lennon's school. And there were two lads, uh, Pete Craswell and Martin Gilbert, who plays a lot of the lead guitar for The Vow. And I managed to um, get in with them and straight away I was writing songs because everybody wrote their own songs at that point. So Martin and I, by 1981, we'd formed a post-punk band called No Exit, very originally. And we were together for four or five years, split up, and then I became a songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist over the ensuing years and recorded by myself until 89 when The Vow was formed. We'd love to know about the members of your band. A good question, Laura. It's a moving feast, really. Other than myself, there's one permanent fixture of the vow. He's been with me for, since 1989, and that's Tony Potter, the drummer. Martin Gilbert, he was the vow's uh, lead guitarist from 89 to 91, so playing live with Martin and recording. And he's recorded on a substantial number of the songs uh, I've subsequently recorded. I play the bass and guitars and keyboards, and I oversee things and pay for everything. But we had a... A bass guitarist in 1991 called Nick Reynolds, who was, uh, he, I, I presumed he was already dead because he wasn't in the best of health, you know, in 1981. But Tony, the drummer, managed to contact him this year. Still alive. And he's, wow. Yeah, he's still, uh, <laughs> still playing his bass. He's got 16 basses. So he came along and he did the bass for the song In Denial, which was uh, out oh, this year. That's a fantastic song, Graham. Thank you. Oh, In Denial is fantastic, oh. yes. Yeah, bass players are hard to get rid of. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm a bass player. And it I, says I, out. Tried to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Nick also played on the latest song, uh, which is Dude for David. Mm. And did a great job there as well. So it's, it's great to have him back because he's got a wonderful sense of humor and uh, he's a very amenable chap. Well, we hope he'll be listening because we're going to be talking about Dude for David in just a few minutes. Is there anybody else behind the scenes that you'd like to tell the listeners about? There is, Laura. There's um, Simon Denny, who owns the recording studio, and he produces everything. He does all the editing and um, gives advice. He's a musician himself, quite a good musician. So so he'll play something if if I can't think of anything to add or there's some complicated keyboard part like Dude for David. So, yeah, really, there's only Simon. He's the fourth vow member or the fifth vow you are listening to Derringer Discoveries are you the sole songwriter for the vow or are there other songwriters no, they're, they're, I am the sole songwriter and the sole singer. So um, I used to hope and pray that I would find somebody else to, to write with, you know, Lennon and McCartney, you know, the, the great songwriting partnerships. I, I couldn't find anybody. I'm quite pleased that I'm able to be my own Lennon and McCartney. In my experience, you have to be your own Lennon and McCartney. And um, well, that, that's the advantage of having a schizophrenic personality. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Graham, this is Dave once again. Hi, Dave. just want to know one thing. Why did you name your band The Vow? Well, I'm quite pleased to tell you, David, that um, that is lost in the mists of time. I, I do recall that in 1989, before I'd formed the band, I was thinking about names and I, I wanted something to be short and you know pithy and to portray a rock band like The Who, The Jam. So I thought, well, nobody's used the vow. And I thought, great, I'll have that. So I'm lumbered with it. But the thing about the vow, it's great seeing it written down. But when you tell people what the name of your band is, you say it's the vow. What, the vowel? No, the vow. Duval. No, no, the vow. V-O-W. Well, why didn't you say? It's useless um, as, uh, as the spoken word goes. Uh, but as I say, we're stuck with it. So Well, it's a good logo you've used, you know, with the vow. I think that works visually. It really does. I mean, that, that is from um, 1989. Our old um, manager, Nick, his name, Nick Cork, uh, had a graphic designer and he did that. I don't know who did it. I've, I've just kept it uh, ever since. You know, it's, it's important to keep consistency. The vow was known locally, 89 to 91. So when I started recording in 2008, uh, the first album for A Dreamer, I was thinking of a new uh, name for the for the thing, and I said, "Well, we've already got a name, and we've got the logo. Let's just keep the vow." So I'm cl- I'm glad I did. We are getting some traction, you know. With um... well, you're reaching podcasts across the ocean. Yes. Not just across the ocean, across the whole world. You know, you've got you've got listeners all over the place, haven't you? Oh yes, we have listeners in thirty plus countries. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. If you're listening to this episode, then you'll know it's called Bowie to the Vow. 
And that's because Graham Truss, who has joined us here today, is a large Bowie fan. Um, not that Graham's large. He's a huge <laughs> fan of David Bowie. I'm not ugly either. <laughs> <laughs> Graham's latest single, Recorded as the Vow, is a tribute to David Bowie. It's called Dude for David, and in my opinion, he's done a great job capturing the sound of early David Bowie. Graham, tell us a little bit about it, because Paul and I did a David Bowie episode, I think it was episode 24, called Bowie, Bowie, Bowie Everywhere. And so I'm kind of curious, uh, Graham, did you have a chance to listen to episode 24, and if so, what did you think of it? I did, like all your um, your episodes. I I found it fascinating. I don't know where you get all this information from about you know number one in some place in Poland and yeah, Graham, that threw even me. Alton kind of threw me off with that Poland thing. Oh, that's disgraceful, Alton. I know it really is. The great Google's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. Okay. That that explains it then. I thought I thought maybe you had an encyclopedic mind. Yeah, I'm not that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, a Bowie fan, but not to the nth degree. I think he's done an awful lot of unlistenable stuff, quite a lot of rubbish. And that's, that's fair enough because in between all that, there are, oh, well, moments of pure genius. I suppose Dude for David, it, it's stretching it a bit that it's uh, a tribute. It really is my interpretation of his song, The Man Who Sold the World, which I, I don't know if you know, Nirvana did a cover of that for MTV. Unplugged. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, Great cover. That's big here, yeah. It was, and it was, as you say, a great cover. My interpretation of the song is that Bowie was meeting his own schizophrenic self on the stairs. You know, this mystery man who um, he thought had died a long, long time ago. We passed upon the stairway on a pilgrimage to you. I said, can I call you David? Will you call me dude? You can call me dude. You probably know that there, there was a um, quite extensive history of mental illness in Bowie's family. Um, I mean, I'm nobody to, to comment on other people's uh, mental health. You know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. But that's my interpretation, is that Bowie is, is uh, meeting his own schizophrenia. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Listeners, that's the snippet of the latest single by The Vow called Dude for David, written by Graham Trust. And we are talking with Graham Trust, and this is an opportunity for Graham to tell us about his love of David Bowie and for us to count down our top five favorite songs by The Vow. Graham, we're going to quickly cover our five all-time favorite songs so far by The Vow, and I will start with number five. Pick number five by Derringer Discoveries is Caroline. And we love both versions, 2013 and 2018. Tell us, Graham, tell us something interesting about Caroline for all we know. When I left my job, I was sad to go for another job. 
Uh, interesting is debatable, but um, I actually wrote that song, or I started on it in 1992. I started on it with the intention of it being a finger-picking exercise on my acoustic guitar, and I eventually I've discarded that. I couldn't be bothered, so I play it with my plec. Right from the start, I was thinking, this is very Paul McCartney-esque, and I'd love to have um, string arrangement on it. I didn't record it until 2013, and I asked around everywhere if anybody knew any string quartets. Nobody did, and anyway, I would need to get a musician to score the orchestral part, so I couldn't afford that anyway. So so the original version was me playing the two acoustic guitars and harmonising with myself on it, and it, I thought it was okay, but it lacked bass end, you know, lacked depth. Um now, in 2017, I went to uh, Simon Denny, Denny's studio, and he was telling me about, you know, uh, years ago, he spent two years in Los Angeles doing orchestral scores for films, you know, movies. So once I, uh, I heard that, I said, could you do, a, um, you know, like um, on this song of mine, Caroline, for, for all we know, could you do a, like a... Eleanor Rigby type arrangement. He said, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he did it. When I left my job, I was sad to go for another job. It only goes to show. Did that arrangement and um, I, that, that is exactly what I always wanted. So if you hang around for long enough, your dreams do come true. Dear Mr. Derringer Discovery's pick number four is Boys in Their Games from 2014. Graham, tell us about this song. Hi, Laura. I actually wrote that. That's, that's another old song of mine, which was never recorded. Oh, it wasn't recorded at the time, but I did record it in 2014. Boys in the Game, I think, was inspired by a track called The Place I Love by The Jam. Uh, it's on the All Mod Cons album. And I, I particularly loved, well, I loved the song, but I liked uh, what Weller did on his um, electric guitar. And Boys in the Games is um, almost unique for the vow in that I actually wrote it on the electric guitar. I came up with a riff which is vaguely similar to um, The Place I Love. And um, I remember I was, I was driving down the River Mersey. Uh, there are industrial complexes, um, chemical plants and power stations. And I was driving along there at night in winter with an ex-girlfriend in 1991. And she said, why don't we go down into the... Um, the valley there where all this all these factories and what have you are so we drove down there and it really was a weird experience it was it was like um enormous metallic constructions like you know Meccano or something like that and there's lights in the sky and there's smoke billowing out and you know a choke in the smoke a sting in the eye something's making the rabbits cry It's a very pleasing song. I like it. It's one of my better lyrics, I think. That was Boys in Their Games. Dillinger Discovery's pick number three. Well, I've got pick number three, and I'll give you a little background on, on this one. I'm pretty discerning in the music that I like. 
Paul will attest to that. Instead of discerning, he calls it picky. Yes, Alton <laughs> is not easily sold on a new sound or something. Shall I so. go now then? No, no, because here's what's interesting. The, the pick number three is morning coffee and you. And I have given it the rare distinction of being favorited in my list of favorite songs on Spotify. In whirlpools I malinga. So that's a song that came out, I guess, this year in 2022. And I have clicked the little heart on Spotify, and it truly is one of my favorite songs. So tell me a little bit about it. Wow. Yes. I mean, that song really is um, about my decades as an office worker. A glass and concrete coffin. Faceless automaton. Eight hours in a day. It it just sort of encapsulates it. More meaningless than nothing. To let people know that they're not alone in the little rat race. Home again. So pump it up all your money makers. So it just sums up what you're doing when you're working for the man. You're you're um, you're smiling. You're giving service with a smile, and really, it pays for everything. You know, work has paid for everything I've ever done in my life, and continues to in my dotage. So I'm sorry if it comes across as scathing about work. We feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, most most of us are there, aren't we? You know, completely pointless tasks that you do, but it pays the bills and. Uh, it's done me well, and it's and it's produced that song. So it's it's the gift that keeps giving is is work. <laughs> morning coffee and you. Morning coffee and you. Morning coffee and you. Daring to discoveries pick number two. Derringer Discovery's number two pick is In Denial by The Vow. Hey, Graham, this is Dave Derringer again. Hi, Dave. So good to have you with us on the podcast today. Who'd have thought that I'd ever stray Or get it on like Jackie Dupre From the bars of Macbeth and all the way Graham, please tell our listeners something interesting about In Denial. Right. Um, well, the name, I mean, I came up with the song. It's, it's um, you, may, you may know that denial is a... A, a river in Egypt, isn't it? <laughs> isn't denial a river in Egypt? <laughs> you know, Paul, that went... Uh, um, right, okay, I'll, I'll get on to that, because that was one of the options for calling it In Denial. <laughs> but... Um, um, I wrote the song and it's, it's, I think it's quite an amusing lyric. It's essentially, it's about being in denial, which is a Freudian concept, Sigmund Freud. Now, my particular angle for the song is um, that I'm in denial. I still believe to this day that I'm a great songwriter. And despite all of the evidence to the contrary, no commercial success whatsoever. But I still persist and I'm still, I'm still writing songs and still recording. So the, the reason why it's called Indie Nile, as in indie, as in indie rocker, and Nile, as in the Irish Christian name, is because when, when I'd written a song, I was going to call it In Denial, as in a Freudian concept, but I went on to Spotify to see if anybody else had, had a song called In Denial, and didn't they? Great uh, <laughs> swathes of In Denial. So I, I thought, I'm going to have to come up with something inventive, and I didn't think 
great though your idea was, Paul, about in denial, River. <laughs> um, I didn't think that would be quite as good as in denial. So it sounds like the song is about this guy called Nile. I mean, that, that's it, you know, that's the important thing, um, to carry on being in denial. In denial all the while. That was Cleopatra's favourite song and the number two song, In Denial, by The Vow. We have covered five down to number two of our top five favourite songs by The Vow. And as I like to always point out, this is our top five favourite so far. The Vow is very much alive and kicking and will likely put other songs in our top five going forward. So now, let's introduce you to our number one all-time favorite song by The Vow so far. Drum roll, please. Uh, I said drum roll, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Did you discover number one? All right, good. Now, there's the drum roll. <laughs> Our number one favorite song by The Vow is from 2022, January Moves in Me. Graham, tell our listeners about this song. Right, okay. Well, I came up with this one in uh, November of last year. The only reason why January Moves in Me came to fruition is because I knew that Simon Denny, who um, is the, the owner of the studio and uh, the producer of The Vow, he is able to do orchestral arrangements. I intended it to be quite a dark song in the vein. I don't know if you, if you know the song I Want You by Elvis Costello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? You're talking to like a number one Elvis Costello fan. Oh, right. You. I woke up and one of us was crying I want you You said, young man, I do believe you're dying Well, that is, that is wonderfully dark, isn't it? You know, it's really... And that was what I was sort of, sort of aiming for, but I uh, mentioned this to one of my friends and he said, because um, yeah, it was coming up to winter, why don't you write a song about January? You know, how bleak and dark and miserable it is. I thought, that's a brilliant idea. All right, so winter paints my face, my twilight. But, you know, because I'm quite bleak and dark and miserable myself. So I, I thought I, I'll easily write about that. And I did. I can only take credit for the writing of the song and going into the studio and, uh, you know, doing the acoustic guitar and the voice. All the rest of it, all that instrumentation is Simon Denny. The other interesting thing about January Moves in Me is we never finished it. January moves in me. There are edits all over the place. And every time I hear it, I think, oh, God. What happened is uh, it was the end of December. I intended releasing the song early the first week of January. Simon came down with um, bronchitis. So that was him for a fortnight. By the time he'd recovered, I had COVID. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to release it as it is. So I have no idea whether if we'd finished the production whether it'd be any better or any worse. Graham, I don't see how it could be any better than it is. It is just a phenomenal song. It's the kind of song, you ever heard a song and you say, I wish I had written that? Yes. Well, that's one of those songs I say, I wish I had written that. I'm kind of upset that you beat me to it because oh. it's a great song. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Paul. I, 
I I've got to say I'm 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 thrilled by it. Really, it's quite a piece of music, and I'm very happy and proud to be associated with it. You know, um, in in some way, <laughs> I gave birth to it. Let's put it that way. That is a snippet of January Moves in Me, and that concludes our top five countdown for this episode. Graham, thank you so much for joining Derringer Discoveries today. Are there any shout outs that you'd like to give to family, friends, or fans? I I think to my wife, long-suffering, Chris, to Tony the drummer, Nick the bass player, Martin the lead guitarist, and a shout out to um, my fellow Derringer stable mates. And uh, that's about it, really. Nick Reynolds, he did a fantastic job playing bass on that, and he actually sounds like the bass player that Bowie had early in his career. Oh, you on Dude for David? You yeah, mean, uh, uh, Trevor Boulder. Yeah, wow, that that is that is incredible. He, he'll be delighted to hear that. The number two pick by Derringer Discoveries is in denial. Now, Graham, have you ever been to Egypt? So, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, let's have a thing. Well, listeners, hang around and we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 